This episode of Weed and Grub is brought to you by Skunk Feather. Skunk Feather has been using sustainable cultivation methods, science, and innovation to create potent, flavorful flower and extracts since 2005. You know what it says on the side of this motor breath? What? The Skunk Feather mo- Listen to this. Instructions. Ignite in a manner that provides you the most enjoyment possible. <laughs> How fun is that? Where it's like, Skunk Enjoy. Feather's like, yeah, hey, <laughs> I invite you to make yourself happy do whatever it, makes you happy it's what the world needs right now it's what they tout and that's how i want to live yeah yeah skunk feather products are preciously crafted to ensure maximum retentions of terpenes and flavor all like, the good stuff stays in the good in the good stuff yeah like in uh motor breath it's uh limonene is one of the top ones which is that delicious citrusy terpene and yeah. then there's also caryophylline which is that kind of peppery flavor Ooh. So it makes your palate really dance. Lemon pepper. Yeah, oh, exactly. Get out of town. Who doesn't love lemon pepper? I, I don't know. Yeah. All my friends do. I ask them. <laughs> their 2020 lineup of products pays homage to their home count, county of Santa Cruz, California. Go banana slugs. With, yeah, names like Pleasure Point, Cement Ship, Boardwalk, and those banana slugs. I really like a place, a company like Skunk Feather, yeah. where they are proud of where they're from, and then they incorporate that pride into their products. That's what I. That's what I'm about. Yeah, NorCal pride. It's awesome, and they're artfully creating some of the finest crumbles, sugars, shatters, and distilled oils in the world. Can I also say it's hand trimmed? Yeah, it's a which is huge. It's a big deal. It is. It really is. It's like only the finest care is taken of this like super beautiful product. So go to skunkfeather.com to learn more and follow them on Instagram at skunk underscore feather. Do it. Skunk feather providing you the most enjoyment possible. Check this out. Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. You know what the problem might be? What's that? Naps. What do you mean? I mean, it just like fucks up everything. A nap? A nap. Yeah. I don't know. A good 20 minute where you like awake Yeah, is pretty nice. When you go deep for 20 and like kind of like pull the earth's energy back into your soul. I, I need that every day if I can get it. Yeah, but I just slept for like an hour and a half and now I feel like I just want to go to bed. You know oh, I mean? when like, a nap becomes bed? Like I went to the yeah. underworld. Yeah, yeah, In yeah. Greek mythology and like <laughs> hung out with some characters and then I came back and I was like, oh, right. Sure. There's this other world that I have to live in. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do get that. When you're making a promise to your body that it's done for the day. Yeah. And then you drag it back like a fish on a hook and you're like, nope. Yep. Now get up and walk around and talk to people. It is true. It's it's almost like a new soul is inside you. Like your nap, like it, yeah. your body or your soul was staying down there for the night yeah and, someone else came and some back. minor leaguer came on up and took a swing <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is just like mj beta minor league mary jane is here yeah yeah what up Mar- minor league mary jane <laughs> how's it going major league mike <laughs> 
weirdest. It's, it is a weird intro. Uh, uh, welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. This is a podcast about comedy, cannabis, cooking, culture, calling shit out. And naps. And yeah. And the underworld. And the underworld. <laughs> it, I, Should we do our news? Let's do our news right at the right out the uh, gate. Yeah, the Grub Gazette this week is the news that everyone's talking about, which is that Kamala Harris is Joe Biden's pick for his vice presidential uh, Democratic nominee. I was going to vote for him anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I keep thinking about how many people I hope are going to be voting for him now. Right. I can't imagine anyone being on the fence, but I hope that if people were on the fence, whoever they may be, this kind of tilted them towards um, a better America. Right. Well, and it's interesting as relating as it relates to cannabis, Joe Biden is definitely like a controversial controversial figure because of his record on the war on drugs. And I think drug that's policy. a kind way to say it. It's certainly a kind way to say it, I think, yes. And Kamala Harris also has her fair share of controversy when it comes to enacting policies that have harmed communities of color and that sort of stuff. So we were looking into it and we went to Leafly to see what some like cannabis leaders had to say about it. Can I read you a few quotes? Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, I'd love okay. that. So Leafly.com was a great source for um, cannabis news and also, you know, all sorts of other goodness. But um David Downs, who's the Leafly's um, bureau chief for California, says that based on her history as California's attorney general, Kamala Harris won't necessarily carry any water for legalization, but she won't stand in the way of it either. Um, And that as a prosecutor, she laughed at California's legalization proposition in 2016 and got criticized for it. But she has listened to her constituents and she's evolved to support drug law reform. So the reason I love that quote, having heard it for the first time, is it immediately made me think of when all of the Avengers line up to defeat Thanos in the finer, finer, the final Avengers movie, because Iron Man, Black Panther, Scarlet Witch, they all have their own superpowers and together they can defeat Thanos. And so she might be imperfect in a lot of ways, but you have people like Bernie Sanders, you have people like AOC who are on that same line with them and mm-hmm. all of those people are forging ahead in battle. And I, it, it makes me happy that she is able to lead the charge in the areas that she might have misstepped in the past. Other people will pick up the slack for her and hopefully create a better world where cannabis is legal regardless of past decisions. I think, yes, that's a fucking awesome way to look at it. And to that point, Debbie Goldsberry, who's the owner of Magnolia Dispensary in Oakland, um, says that she likes Kamala Harris. And she says, I think this is seriously great for the cannabis industry because she may have been a former prosecutor, but she did eventually get her head on straight on the cannabis issue. And she will help, quote, the old dude get it. (laughs) So, yeah, it takes all kinds. And this is a really, you know, strong ticket with Kamala as a young woman of color who is just, you know, she's she's a lot of firsts as well, right? She's a lot of firsts. So I just want to read one more um, quote from Kevin Reed, who is the owner of a dispensary in San Francisco called the Green Cross. And he says, I think she's a fantastic choice for vice president. Um, She will call out the current establishment and hold them accountable. This VP pick gives me hope for the future. Uh, When I was initially opening the Green Cross, Kamala Harris supported my efforts while also working to decriminalize marijuana offenses. And I think she would be an excellent uh, POTUS in 2024 if Biden chooses not to run again. So that's from some cannabis leaders in the California industry who were in California when Kamala Harris was attorney general. And um, I think it's great to listen to people who know what they're talking about. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's the news. Well, people listen to us because they think we know what we're talking about, too. (laughs) Because we listen to other people who know what they're talking about and so on and so on. And if we all listen to people who knew what they were talking about. 
Wouldn't the world be a better place? Whoa. Whoa. So your TED Talk is be smarter by surrounding yourself with smarter people. And, and then, listening. And listening. <laughs> your whole TED Talk is listening. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Guys. Ladies and gentlemen, my TED Talk will be brought to you by somebody else yeah. as my TED Talk. Guys, what if we all just listened to people who were smarter than we were and then like kind of absorbed that information and took a time to think about it and develop a viewpoint and then pass that on to other people? Everybody in the crowd is like crossing their arms. <laughs> Don't cross your arms. Put them down. Whoa. Listen to this. Don't guard. Well, I just, I was so bummed because I just saw a friend on their IG story go off on like a bunch of crazy conspiracy shit. And I was like, oh no, you listened to the people who believe the crazy stuff. Like now- QAnon? Like. Uh, yeah. Like somebody else got QAnon? Yep. Really? Yep. Get off Facebook, Mary Jane. I'm it's not on not... Facebook. This was on Instagram stories from someone cool. Who puts not... QAnon on their IG stories? Dude. That's dude. another level. It was a whole like, fucking COVID conspiracy vaccine thing. And I was like, oh no, they got another one. It's interesting to think that COVID is thought of as a conspiracy <laughs> when we're not allowed to leave America. Right. Like, that that's too big of a conspiracy for it to be a conspiracy when the whole rest of the world is like, oh no, we kind of handled our shit yeah. and now y'all need to as well. That's not a conspiracy. That's just yeah. how the game works. We're like the toilet water of the globe right now. <laughs> Everyone's like, no, you can't come into this party. You're like dirty and you smell bad. Oh, like fix, fix that shit. Flush. Yeah. Yeah. Take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> There's the, the, um, I mean, well, you were on the fence about voting for biden or trump right until you, what you are heard you the... even talking about don't even come near me with that Word. clearly truly don't i know yeah you're gonna piss me off you're already mad yeah i'm super mad don't fucking say that word <laughs> even as a joke i'm not joking and i'm so sorry oh my god well no but what what was your point gonna be well it was gonna be a really funny bit and i had like a couple more beats planned out but uh, if you don't want me to joke about it, then make, make there's that no... joke about yourself. And how about you? How about you were on the fucking fence? <laughs> you were on the fence, and you thought that maybe you were going to vote for Trump. How how does that feel? It's too personal. Feels that crazy, was pretty... right? <laughs> <laughs> you had to put it on someone else because you can't fucking even. It's unthinkable. So you need to put it on someone else because you're like, what is even happening right now? The world is just so crazy that it's unbelievable that anyone would even get on board with the shit that's going on from that fucking lunatic. So, oh man, that was a good lesson for me. Yeah, <laughs> you're smarter than I am. That's for sure. <laughs> you're smarter than me when you're like, yeah, maybe make the joke about you. And it's like, oh, that's a good note wow. <laughs> in the world. Well, you know, I learned that in um, high school when you were dealing with boys who would be like, "You're this," and you'd be like, "Actually, I think that's what you're saying about yourself," and you just can't deal with it. And then they would just be like, "Oh," and they'd run away. So. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get picked on a lot? Um, In a weird way, because I was like different enough that I made people kind of like, you know, they wanted to like throw snowballs at me and shit. But then I was different enough also that it was like I was I was kind of okay because I was like I was doing theater and like stuff that was like in quotes kind of cool. Were you annoying or not? I'm sure I was fucking hella annoying. Well, I mean, every kid is annoying, but I think I think like looking back at myself in elementary school middle school, high school, mm-hmm. college, <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> today, uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> like uh, real annoying. Oh. My identity was wrapped up in, um, in like falsehoods and not being able to relate to people and just mad annoying from, weed really helped me with it. Weed helped me like lock into being okay with myself unquestionably, but I, I just know that I was an annoying fucking kid. What do you mean annoying? 
everything was a joke, nothing was serious, but I also couldn't relate to anybody, so I was a terrible listener. Everything had to be about me, very disassociative, great at sports, but so dialed in and focused on the smallest details that I couldn't really talk to anybody. Mm. Um, God, what else? Just like, just hard to be around, but also people liked to be around me because I was funny, but I never felt a connection with any of them. And I desperately wanted to feel like I belonged and I did belong, but I didn't feel like I belonged. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny fucking hard when you think like I just saw some someone write something about that recently where they're like you know I can't even remember how they phrased it but I, re- I related to it where I was like oh yeah the first thing I do is imagine that everyone hates me that's where my brain goes first that's how you start a interaction yeah like if if I have a you know like a burgeoning friendship with someone and I reach out to like call them or text them and I don't hear back from them I immediately think they hate me because I'm a terrible person and you know and it just turns out that they were fucking busy or you know their phone died or like something right. you know yeah, but it's yeah. such a weird dark place to go to right away how did you find do you mind if I ask like when you smoked weed like how it shifted do you remember the shift I do remember the shift okay. and I actually remember the song that was playing and I remember the place that we were at and all of it. Hmm. And it, it was a it was a, a milestone. Yeah. Stoned. Was, milestone. It was milestone. It was a milestone. Nice. <laughs> what was the song? It was some song by a band called Widespread Panic. Okay. And the lyrics were something along the lines of black hole something in the sky. I can't remember exactly, but I remember the album had a shimmery, glittery cover to it Mm -hmm. and i was at kevin seltzer's who was on the hockey team with me and it was a bunch of us all smoking weed and listening to widespread and i tried it and i immediately was okay being in a group of people and i could go with the flow instead of having to manage and I don't even know if it's not, it's whatever the opposite of go with the flow is where you have direct to everything. direct control everything, control everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Mm. That's it. So yeah. yeah. And that was the moment when I like hit that fucking beautiful pipe. I even remember the pipe because it was a color changer the more you smoke. And I was able to go with the flow with all of them. And that allowed me to be me finally. The pipe was a color changer? Yeah. When, there was all these beautiful pipes coming up that when you smoke, the more you smoke, they change color as they fill with all of the resin and the tar and the, there's more colors that fill in. Very cool. Whoa. Yeah. Was it glass? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For okay, sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. Nice little carb on the side. Nice. But that was it. Yeah. It just allowed me to flow. Yeah. That's the fucking best thing about it. You know, I have, I've had so many conversations with people who have come into the weed industry who don't really smoke weed. And that's the number one thing is like, they feel the need to control the conversation and talk a lot about what they know. And I'm like, if you would just actually sit down and smoke a joint with someone who really knows about weed and just fucking listen to them yeah, and stop feeling the need to like add your own fucking, you know, corporate or wall street or whatever opinion like a lot get of your foot are, off the chair while you're talking to them yes right? get your fucking foot off the chair i don't exactly. need to see your balls hanging to know that you think you're businessy oh my god i had a crazy conversation with someone who called me because he saw my profile on linkedin and he was like maybe you can contribute to this thing that i put out and he went off on all of the stuff that he knows about weed and how anyone from this other place that i used to work at knows nothing about weed and it's not about like just loving the plant and all that kind of stuff and he has like scientific data and i was like have you ever even 
do you know anything about like what it's like to consume the plant that you're talking about? Because it seems to me like your need to control the conversation shows me that you don't fucking smoke weed at all. That and you coming for people without me even knowing who you are means like, what would you be saying about me if I worked with you? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Do you remember the time that like that, that it kind of changed that? What was your milestone? My milestone. I love that. I really remember one time, I don't know if it was the first time, but I remember being at my friend Vicky's place in um, this part of my hometown, St. John's, up on the Battery that overlooks St. John's Harbor. And it's this really gorgeous view out over the like snowy hills and the harbor and the boats coming in and out. And there was a snowstorm that was drifting in towards her big sort of like huge plate glass windows. So it looked like you were underwater in a plankton storm. And we had all just smoked a joint. There was a magic eye poster, cool, which was so great because I got it for the first time. <laughs> oh, I like, say no more. <laughs> I got a magic eye poster. That should be one of the things that they say on certain strains. We'll help you with magic eyes. That's awesome. <laughs> that was it. Totally. And um, and we were listening to an album that I'll love forever, which was called um, Copper Blue by a band called Sugar. And still, when I hear that album, I just drift right back to that time. I was probably like 15, and it was perfect happiness, and I felt safe. And Vicky was kind of older. She was like a bit of a den mother, so she was probably in her 30s. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us kids would go over there and like hang out and just drink tea and smoke weed. And it was awesome, and she had a great music collection. And I just felt really safe and happy, and I, I just remember looking into the snowstorm and seeing it as plankton and feeling like safe and happy. And, and um, Were you know. already in favor and you felt like a part of that group yeah yeah so yours was about like feeling like a part of the world and a part of nature and a part of the well i think at that time i was going through a lot of the teenage upheaval at home where i was like fighting with my parents a lot and kind of like a lot of slamming doors and running away and stomping and screaming and crying and just like that fucking angst you know (laughs) they're like oh god nobody gets me yeah and so that time that safety and that beauty and that sort of peace was pretty rare for me. And it was totally tied to like smoking some hash and then drinking tea and looking out the window into the snowstorm. Cool. Yeah, These are good milestones. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Well, I want to hear other people's, huh? Yes. Hit us up. Follow us at Weed and Grub on Instagram and DM us your milestone. Let's read a couple on air. They can be anonymous if you want them to be anonymous. But if anyone has any milestones, stones, um, Please share. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Cool. Yeah. What else do you want to talk about? Hmm. Well, we got in a little bit of a debate uh, because uh, I I just, I don't know what happened to me, but fruit kind of (laughs) fell out of favor with me. (laughs) And I'm not sure when it happened, but like, man, I've never been more turned off on an entire group of food in my life than right now. Weird. I was like given half a cantaloupe to bring home uh, yesterday or today. And I was like, I don't really like cantaloupe. And then I mentioned it to you when you were like, oh, thank God you didn't bring it back. Well, who likes cantaloupe? Um, A small section of the population, I think, likes cantaloupe. The 1% of the 1%. Sure. Yeah, it's disgusting. You like cantaloupe, you're an asshole. (laughs) You may as well put a mannequin arm, a a mannequin arm covered in Vaseline on my plate. I do. I know some wonderful people who love cantaloupe. I think it's just like it has to be a very specifically ripe and delicious kind of cantaloupe to be any good. Because like, yeah, definitely that waxy stuff that you get that is a filler in most fruit salads or no that's honeydew the honeydew is the one that i really hate we're talking about the same shit all melons except watermelon 
Do you yeah. like watermelon? Watermelon isn't the same though. Watermelon has like a porous, sugary, sweet, watery content, mm-hmm. and and a crunch, and a crunch, yeah. and honeydew, cantaloupe. It that's like it's a packing peanuts dunked in olive oil. I hear you on that, but what about other fruit? I don't like any of it right now. Weird. I wish I did. I know it's good for you. The thing is, is that I'm so addicted to sugar that if I eat. Any kind of sweet treat, whether it's an ice cream sandwich or a piece of cake or anything, um, I will eat the whole thing until I get sick because I'm just a sugar daddy, you know? Yeah. Okay. But I was just, isn't there an animal that will eat until it just like explodes? Yeah. The glazer. (laughs) Great. I'd love to see the cartoon um, depiction of the glazer. (laughs) You as like a creature that just eats until it explodes. One waffa thin. What's the, how does it go? Oh, just a waffa thin dinament, sir. (laughs) I can't eat another bite. (laughs) Fuck off. And then he explodes. Mr. Creosote. Yeah. Yeah. Creosote. Yeah. Fuck. I I am the walking, talking creosote of the continental United States. You can never turn down an ice cream sandwich. I can't. Once I, I, there's those those ice cream sandwiches in the freezer right now. As soon as I eat one, I'm like, Oh, I could eat them all. Yeah, without question, mm-hmm. in a night, in a in a in a fifteen minutes. Well, those ones are kind of designed for you to have more than one because the cookie fat factor is like kind of low. It's like mostly ice cream, and I feel like they're a trick because I always want to have one and a half. Which no, don't do that. Just make them bigger, or give me more cookie, <laughs> <laughs> or just maybe I shouldn't buy that brand. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Mary wow. Jane, wow. My whole ice cream sandwich buying habits just flashed before my eyes and I realized I'm buying the wrong uh, ice cream sandwich. You just went from, I could eat more. I should only eat one. Well, I could eat more than one. We'll just make them bigger. No, wait, don't eat any. Yeah. That was that was an intense Buy food cool related. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, it's bigger than that. It has to do with like your psyche mm-hmm. and the way you think about food. Like you just totally told yourself it's okay to enjoy something. And then in a matter of five seconds, you said, actually, I shouldn't enjoy any of them. Welcome to being a woman. <laughs> oh, for real? Oh, yeah. Totally. The relationship that we're told to have with bodies and food and our bodies as relating to food is totally like I can say that I want something and imagine myself enjoying it. And then within that same thought arc have convinced myself that it's terrible for me. And if I do it, that'll mean like I'm a terrible person and nobody wants me because it'll make me, you know, not attractive. Damn. Related to weight or whatever. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Like, it's, it's so, I mean, as a as a woman, like, I've always been, you know, strong in my body. Like, I've always been a capable, I've never been like a, I want to be skinny person. I've always felt very proud of being like kind of big and strong and having muscles and like all that kind of stuff. But then there's also within that this weird shaming that you get from outside that you can definitely internalize where no matter how good you feel about your own body and how strong you feel and how sexy you feel there's always this weird force that will tell someone like Serena fucking Williams that she's like there's something wrong with her because she's not like adhering to some standard that some weird faction of society finds attractive which is skinny and weaker than men you know what I mean yeah so like not to say that like my body right now is perfect. I think in the pandemic, it's become like a little, you know. I have a lot of extra skin. Yeah, you yeah. know, I'm definitely, but I also don't want to shame myself or be down on myself for it. So I don't want to go too far down that path. But for sure, it is complicated in my head and in the world and in the pages of magazines and on TV and in film. 
and it's insidious and you need to be careful of it. Damn. Yeah. This is a lot more interesting than my aversion to raspberries. Oh. Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. I was ready to, I was let's, ready to like dive into like the problem with apples, but let's dive into the problem with society. No. That's a way more interesting. Oh god. I just think that I think hearing you talk about that and me growing up as a really self-conscious swim with my shirt on fat kid who then got mad month like my munchie game was super out of control mm. and um i would eat just some heinous sloppy food i think we've talked about it on here yeah yeah when well, you were also like a fucking athlete like performing at the highest level so you were well no 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 no, oh. no 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 i was a fat kid who was stuck in the goal for roller hockey okay. because i was fat and slow and i used that as fuel to like double down on that bad feeling mm -hmm. and overcome it by trying to like prove prove the situation wrong so yeah i wouldn't say like oh and then i was like an ultimate athlete or any of that shit it was just like spite-fueled hate that i was put in that position to begin with and it made me feel terrible mm. so but we'd help me with that too you know what i mean we'd help you see who you is yeah um i just like hearing you talk about that and hearing about and and just like feel, being in this pandemic right now it's 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 tricky for me because all i want to do is make a big fat sandwich with mayo on both sides of the bread slathered all the way to every corner of the crust and take naps in between sandwiches <laughs> <laughs> yep and I, it's like where for you does comfort food comfort and and that kind of loathing begin or have you overcome it now no, overcome it. I mean, it's cyclical. So there will be days of the month, uh, sometimes related to my cycle, honestly, where I'm like, okay, today's just a day where I give my body what it wants to feel okay because of, you know, whatever. All the, all the fucking things. Because the moon is tugging at your eggs. The moon, yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like a horse kicked me on my back and a giant is squeezing my intestines and my eyes are about to pop out. So I'm going to have half a pint of Haagen-Dazs followed by a turkey leg and um, finished off with a bunch of fucking borsan cheese and crackers. That's what my body feels like it needs. What it was a, a backwards God. feast. Yeah, that's an insane <laughs> feast. <laughs> what? You had the appetizer to close it out? Oh, dessert first. Dessert first. Yeah, dessert first is very satisfying. You start with the sweet and finish with the savory. Fucking awesome. It's very, very European. It's oh, very... oh, man, that was a crazy meal. But sometimes I feel the need to do that. And then other times I can actually say to myself, mm, I don't need to have a fried egg sandwich for breakfast. I can have a yogurt and some berries and hold off on that and, and I'll be fine. You know, so it's, you know, but I don't have a regimen right now. I don't, I don't know if anyone does. I mean, I think there are a few amazing people in the world who are using this time to get like super disciplined and in shape. That's just not where my brain is at. And um, so I'm trying not to be too hard on myself for it. I thought it'd be kind of funny if I go get um, like calf implants when the pandemic is almost over. Like I know we have a month left. Yeah. I thought it'd be real funny if I get like some calf implants and a couple of other additions to myself and then i come out looking like super super ripped and super strong you were saying calf implants the the way i was hearing it, i was like thinking that was like a brand of ice cream or something calf like my brain is so stuck right now you said calf implants and i was like oh is that like van lewin <laughs> <laughs> oh like, like calf and plants like calf and plants like vegan ice cream yeah like cool house uh -huh. van lewin calf yeah. and plants yeah it's it's like it's oat milk <laughs> instead of real milk because it's plant milk I can justify that for you. Calf implants. Calf implants. Sorry. <laughs> you were thinking of getting calf implants that I just didn't hear because my brain is stuck on food right now. I'm halfway still in the underworld. It's okay. Calf implants. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, 
Um, <laughs> that would be cool. It would be cool. Maybe That'd I'll go and get um, a facelift. Did you ever hear what Amy Sedaris did in college? No. She bought a fat suit. for when she visited her family again after the first year of college. And so when they pulled up to the airport or wherever to pick her up, she came running out from the airport to the car meeting them, and she was wearing a huge fat suit. I mean, she can't be beat. She's the fucking bitch. She's a wild one. Mm -hmm. I love her book, I Like You So Much. It's the best. I don't know it. She has a book, a hosting book that's full of games like What to Do with Children. Involves things like drop them off near the airport and see if they can find their way home. She's fantastic. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's a fun. That's fun for gaming. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. like that's really fun. Um, I want to know more about this fruit aversion because you're deflecting away from it. Mm. And I want you to say why you hate I don't like it being so much. Called out for that shit. Well, I mean, like I just got a couple of pints of fresh raspberries and blueberries, and you've ignored them. I just don't find anything satisfying unless it's super savory and salty mm. ah, this is so boring um let me think of a better way to say it how about a fruit, fruit pie? fucking sucks fruit cobbler fruit sucks how no about- the best part of the cobbler and anyone would agree is the crunchy delicious bready topping mm, the buttery the, crispy the buttery crispy the mm-hmm. best part of any fruit pie is the goddamn buttery crust because you wish it was chocolate and banana but i will say the exception of the rule is a banana cream but even then that's mostly I'm all sugar, about the though. cream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, right. I'm just like, I, I don't understand. I'm a sugar daddy and not a fruit boy. Okay. And I don't, fruit, I think, how can I, I'm getting worked up. Um, I know. Fruit is just not satisfying. A crispy apple, sure. Um, I, I don't like that. Mm, I wonder if it's because as an American, I'm used to process so much that when I taste something pure, it's almost disgusting. Oh, interesting. That could be interesting. Huh. That could be interesting. Yeah, your body is just telling you like this isn't something you actually want to put in here because it's not getting all of the chemical triggers fired off. So it doesn't feel satisfying. That's so true. I know that we have a, a topic coming up we want to talk about that has to do with temperature. Oh, Yeah. But before we get there, mm-hmm. I think that might be a part of it. Fruit doesn't hit my receptors in a way that Velveeta does. So uh, why would I eat anything but Velveeta? I that's got to be it. Yeah, it's a fucking your receptors. Yeah, that's so interesting. Fuck, man, that's right. cool. Thank you for helping me work through it and calling me out on my bullshit <laughs> and getting me to a place where I can understand why I don't like fruit. Yeah, it doesn't hit my receptors the same way that a big garlic bread does. Hard. Yeah. Cool. We got there. Thank you. Damn. All right. Today's episode is sponsored by Da Vinci. Da Vinci vaporizers are built with purity in mind and medical grade components. Do people think that this is pre-recorded and we're dropping it in or that you're reading it and we're pretending it's dropped in? I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I'm wondering <laughs> if people thought we dropped this oh, in we or like not. stopped and dropped this in and no, this is all live. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no metal or plastic touches your herb. Herb. Do you say herb or herb? For the Da Vinci, I would say herb. Herb. But if I was, if I had a pal, yep, I would say herb. Herb. Let's go smoke some herb. Herb. Va- vape some herb. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So no metal or plastic touches your herb, herb, or <laughs> contaminates your vapor ever. Da Vinci is the best brand of vaporizers for unprecedented purity and flavor. And the IQ2 vaporizer comes with incredible technological advances. It does. Yep. You can input your strain potency, which is so cool, and the amount of herb or extracts, and your IQ2 will track and report dose per draw and per session. Which we should also say there's a beautiful app 
that you can use with the DaVinci. Yep. I'm digging tech when the tech serves a better high. It's so rad. Like you can punch in your strain name and then punch in the THC level and punch in the CBD level. Keeps track of all of it. So it's so cool because it will help you dial in what you like too. Honestly, flour is so expensive that to get the maximum impact and the maximum benefits of it Mm -hmm. you want to know how yeah and this will make that easy for you maximum efficiency and maximum enjoyment totally and you can get 10 percent off site-wide with the code grub at davincivaporizer.com so support our show and healthier cannabis consumption by ordering a davinci vaporizer and saving 10 percent off with the code grub yeah oh do people think that oh and now and now we're back That's really funny. Yeah. And we're back. And we're back. Oh, man. Um, Can we uh, talk a little bit about eye contact? Okay. Uh, A friend recently started wearing false eyelashes because she owns a restaurant and she is working in a mask along with all of her masked um, servers and bartenders and everything. And so she's wearing her false eyelashes so she can communicate with them across the room as she needs to. She can like flick her eyes at them so they can tell like they need to pay attention to a certain guest or like pick up an order in the kitchen or whatever. Oh, that's really neat. You can't communicate with your face anymore. So she's wearing these big, beautiful eyelashes and like using them as like telegraphic, you know, like. Right. Because I forget I'll smile at people when I walk by them and we're all wearing masks. They and can't tell. They can't tell. So using your eye. It's this like is semaphore cool, with your eyes. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Isn't that like color guard semaphore? Isn't that with the flags? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it made me really <laughs> want to go out and like order some. I mean, I think it's a thing now. There are so many good eyelashes out there and some people have like a great eyelash game all the time and they get them like put on especially at the spa and stuff and I don't do that so now I'm, I'm like oh I want to get some like big beautiful lashes so I can like Fuck flap yes. them at people so they know more of what's like what's up yeah I love that idea because mm-hmm. I can't raise an eyebrow I always wish I could you can't you do know? the one I can't do the one I can mm. furrow and I can heighten and yes that's a dual activity for me so <laughs> if I had I would wear fake eyelashes if that meant that I was able to communicate sincerity more. Yeah, with those beautiful baby blues. That's fucking... Or hazels. Thank you. They're hazel. Okay. Thank you. With uh-huh. gold flecks uh-huh. and deep brown pools in the middle. They do. That's yep. what my driver's license says. My <laughs> eye color is on two lines. <laughs> my- they are lovely. You have beautiful eyes. <laughs> that would be really funny. I like that for a driver's license. Yeah. Blue, sometimes hazel with golden flecks and deep brown pools. Organ donor. <laughs> wow. It has your like it has your um like um it has your rating for like being a mate. What is that? Like your driver's license. It's organ donor and then it's like three point six out of five. For like being a boyfriend or yeah, something? Yeah, for being a boyfriend. Oh wow. You that know? would lead to a lot of trouble. <laughs> I'm just picturing like an alternative to Minority Report mm. where instead of Tom Cruise trying to find the killer, yeah. it's like your best friend trying to get you not in that relationship with all the red flags. I don't follow, but I like what you're trying. I'm not sure. Have you seen Minority Report? I don't remember it. I just remember Samantha Morton, Morton floating in a pool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I and mean, she was great at that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just awesome. Do you think that was her screen test? I have no idea. <laughs> they just had like her Selma Blair 
all of these wonderful actors just laying in pools and yeah, they're like, who looks good in a pool? Yeah, who's, who looks good in a bald cap with uh, a lot of liquid around them with their eyes closed? <laughs> She's got a great face. Good. Okay. <laughs> Her and Keanu. Those are the two. Yep. Um, I There's a new... My pitch is a minority report where instead of the precogs knowing about a killing happening before it happens so you get arrested which is what that movie is about okay it's about samantha morton being able to picture somebody killing somebody else and then you arrest the killer before it happens so it's pre-crime is what they're getting arrested for so there's an alternative to minority report where the precogs can see a relationship you're about to get into before you get into it Uh and they try and stop you from getting into that relationship so it's like the driver's license says like a 3.8 out of 5 as a potential mate. And Tom Cruise is like, oh, my God, she's going to go on a date with him. And then like stops the whole date because of all the red flags she can't see or he can't see. But he is the red flag. He but himself. it turns out when he's the red flag and yeah. he falls in love, yeah, he has to uh, change. Yeah, he's the problem. He's the fucking problem. <laughs> and that's that's a new age minority report. With, yeah. That's a Black Mirror episode. Wow. I don't. I, so many ways to precog the red flags. One of them is just to look at their social media. That's a great point. <laughs> That's such a good point. Yeah. Yeah. What are the hashtags that you use most frequently? What are the things that you fave? Yeah. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> we both have a couple. I'm unfollowing left and right, yo. Fuck that shit. Yeah. Fuck all of it. I'm having a hard time being on social media all right now. Yeah, so. but you're you're getting trapped by like riddles and yeah. bullshit like that. Oh yeah, fuck that. I mean, I gotta get off Facebook because all of my fucking friends, not all of my friends, but a very certain segment of my friends, I guess, most of them who don't have children um, are putting these like brain teasers on Facebook. Have you seen those? Well, you're not on fucking Facebook right no, now. No, I got so, off Facebook, but also I'm not doing, I don't have time for riddles. Fucking brain, like it's like 12 giraffes went to the river. <laughs> Three rabbits watched the giraffes go to the river while one elephant sat on the riverbank and twiddled its toes. How many rabbits, giraffes, and elephants, or whatever the hell it is. And it's just like exhausting because it's all about sort of like it's, you know, it's a grammatical puzzle as well as a numerical puzzle. And it's supposed to be critical thinking. And so I fell for one and I, on a friend's timeline, I'm not very good friends with her. And I guessed, and she wrote back, and she was like, nope, LOL. And I was like, well, your answer makes me mad. Yeah. And then I tried to know. I was like, oh, okay, how about this? And she was like, nope. And then I tried like four times, and it was always just nope. And I was like, number one, don't write nope. I hate nope. Mm -hmm. And also- It's dismissive. Don't post this. (laughs) Yeah. More importantly, I just figured it out. I hate you. (laughs) Here's why riddles suck. Okay. Because there's nothing mystical about it. The beauty of magic- by somebody like David Blaine is the trick is so unbelievable that you're not left feeling dumb. You're left feeling amazed. And the beauty of comedy and good stand-up or good anything is, yes, you're being tricked by the unexpected, but it's so unexpected that you're allowed to laugh and cry and just feel a complete release. Riddles, there's no payoff. It just makes you feel dumb. And then you're like, Oh, yeah. Well, because there it's, is supposedly one right answer. Right. But so what? Right. I mean, I, I, it's not fun. It, yeah. It's it's like baseline negging and mm-hmm. it's just stupid. It's yeah. The payoff doesn't 
do anything for you once you know it. There's no release at all. It's just like, oh, I guess I don't feel dumb anymore. Well, there is like, I definitely, when I was in school. Fuck a riddle. Fuck a riddle. (laughs) When I was in elementary school, I did love problems, problem solving. I did love the like, you know, Mr. Smith has three wives and Mr. Jones has two wives and the two of the wives are sisters and one wife went shopping or whatever the fuck it was like in the 80s. You know, I did actually like those because there was a satisfaction about working them out. Yeah, but also you need adults to think you were smart and give you good grades maybe i don't know i just remember really enjoying like puzzling through and figuring them out but also i was giving i was writing the answers down in an exercise book and then if it was wrong my teacher would just correct me and help me find the right answer whereas this is like social media with 150 comments of people being like nope lol still wrong emoji and i'm like oh that feels horrible because it's me publicly displaying the fact that i didn't get it right and you being like you know yeah winky face or whatever and, I'm and like, if you do post the right horrible. answer people come for you then too because it's like way to spoil it for the rest of us yeah yeah oh. there's no right answer except don't, not to fucking post them don't post riddles on social media nobody enjoys it it's very stressful please stop <laughs> i can't believe we're at the point in the country when riddles are tearing us apart they stress me out i can't deal with it i can't deal with pranks and i don't like riddles the Just, very fabric of reality like, is being destroyed by by like the lightest of jackass. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I just don't, I don't want anyone doing anything mean and I don't want anyone making me think too hard. I just You're want tugging on your zipper be, and pulling at your hoodie. Just bring me ice cream sandwiches and let me go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I need. I just need my weed. I need my fucking you know the other vape thing? and I need my ice cream sandwich and a comfy bed and my dog. Oh yeah. Well, That's this is it. the other part of it that I hate about the riddle is that the person who writes the riddle is allowed to be like Mm-mm. and it's like you didn't know the answer it's not like you created this riddle you don't get to be smug and so self self-assured by something that you found that other people haven't found yet like i don't like the smugness of proxy well the smugness comes from the fact that they guessed it right on someone else's page and then they get to repost it because they got the answer right that is where these riddles are coming from are people who have guessed the right answer so of course they're smug because they need all of us to know that they figured it out gross so they're coming at it from that point where they're like i got it so let's see how smart you are and then i'm like well i guess i'm not as smart as you and now i feel bad about myself and also i look he hate you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Ooh, I gotta work on that. That's that's deep. <clears throat> yeah, that's a real one. <laughs> oh, sorry, everyone. I'm a fucking jerk. Okay. Do you want to talk about um something that people have written in to ask us about instead of me just saying my opinions about d- crazy stuff? I well, yeah, because actually, do you want to hear a segue? Yes. Okay, check this out. Cool. One riddle that we've had people write about that they're unsure of is how temperature affects smoking cannabis. So we are here to not make you feel anything more than in the know about something kind of cool. Nice job. Is that all right? That's a nice segue. That's okay. I really appreciate it. I would tighten it up. I think I could have lost six words. Yeah, I think you did a really good job, though. That was good. I was tempted in the moment to like make fun of you and be like, you know, a dick about it. And then I was like, no, this is actually legit. Yeah, this, we're here to answer some questions so you feel like you have knowledge and we're not going to withhold it from you and make you feel dumb and us feel smug. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> well, because it is a real question that we've been asked. I got a couple DMs this week. Um, we've been asked it in the past and 
the big thing is with all this technology coming out and with the idea of understanding more about the cannabis plant and how temperature and smoking at different temperatures could affect the effects mm-hmm. of cannabis, what the fuck does all that mean? Yeah, like you can dial up and down on temperature controls and vape as low as you know 160 degrees and as high as 400 and whatever and like how does it affect the high what does it do to the plant so the main thing to know is that different compounds in cannabis vaporizing at different temperatures so like a cannabinoid like thc vaporizes at a lower temperature cbd vaporizes at a slightly higher temperature and then the terpenes can vaporize anywhere from like lower than THC all the way up to like really high. So if you have a strain, for instance, that's got like um, a terpene like myrcene in it, you're going to need to vaporize it at 334 degrees or above to actually vaporize the myrcene and get the benefits of that. So from low to high, pinene, which is a terpene that's really prominent in cannabis, it's that sort of piney smelling, mm-hmm. it's really delicious. common um, terp. That one is actually really low. That one vapes at 311 degrees. And then... THC vaporizes right above that at 320 degrees, 315, 320. And then going up from there, the terpenes go from 320 to 335, 350, 380, all the way up to 430 degrees where you're going to get THCV, which is another cannabinoid that actually has a different effect that can actually um, suppress appetite. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So... The other really cool thing about this, and I want to do an example of one in a second, is that the higher the temp, the stronger the effects of the strain that you're smoking, Mm -hmm. all the way up until you burn it away so you're no longer inhaling it, it evaporates. So you've got to be careful that you don't go over the temperature you're looking for because then it could burn away and you won't get the effects at all. Right. So you got to find that sweet spot. Right. And the really cool thing about that too is if you want just like a little, um, just a little you know, let's get through the day. I got to wash. Buzz. Yeah. I yeah. got to wash dishes and I I have things to do. Then you can smoke at a lower temperature. Vape. Vape at a lower temperature. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And that'll give you your dishwashing capabilities. Yeah. So 310 degrees Fahrenheit to 330 degrees are recommended for mild euphoria, focus, productivity, subtle relaxation, that kind of, yeah, low, like, yeah, let's just do the dishes. Let's get through the day. Let's enjoy our commute to work, maybe Mm -hmm. whatever that is, you know, get on that Zoom call. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you know, but still not really feel like the intensity of something. Right. I just have to deal. Yeah. And then if you turn the heat up higher between 330 to 370, that's recommended for like a more intense experience. So you can get like enhanced sensory awareness. John Wick 3. Yeah. (laughs) Functional relaxation. You feel your like muscles kind of melt a little bit. Yeah. And then higher than that. So that would be like where I would want to do yoga, I would say. Oh, I love that. You want to like get into like really feeling check in with your hammies yeah check in with your hammies exactly totally. yeah also scroll through your instagram explore page mine is full of hamsters which are very cute and i would check in with those hammies too because <laughs> they're <laughs> fucking adorable uh, and then higher than that is like the most intense like where you want to really like get on the couch and you know just watch fucking trailer park boys or something like you just, john wick one two and three john wick one two and three the ballet of uh action films Um, I'm with it. Yeah. And that would be also um, recommended. It says here on the Leafly article about combusting at different temps, meditation. Like you could even really like 
do a big intense hit at a high temp and that will really sort of like set you adrift in a new way where you can meditate and get deeper with your practice. Awesome recommendation. Yeah. Very cool. Let's do one with some skunk feather while we're doing this. Yeah. Do you want to do one with this motor breath? Yes. Okay, cool. So because motor breath is one of my faves and one of yours. Hell yeah. And it's a beautiful hybrid. I... Before I even knew what motor breath was and I was smoking motor breath, I was like, yo, this is it for me. So, so maybe we can dive into it. Yeah, it is a cross between um, Chemdog and SFV OG Kush. And it's really high in limonene, which is that citrusy smell. And then it's also got the caryophylline, which is peppery and myrcene. And so if you were like vape this for perfect sort of like, you know, you want to like vape all the things to get the maximum effects of the tarps, you would want to... The uh, limonene is going to vape at 349, so you would want to hit this right around 350 Yeah, and sort of assess the effects. And then, you know, if you want to burn it a little hotter, vape it a little hotter to see how that hits you, great. But 350 for skunk feather, skunk feather motor breath. You're just 350 for motor breath. I for motor say, breath. I wouldn't say skunk feather. Thank you. Yeah, 350 for motor breath is kind of the sweet spot mm-hmm. to start at. Yeah. Very fucking cool. If you have a vape where you can adjust your temperature, which most vapes now come with, just, yeah, play around with it. Start low. And, um, you know, the cool thing is, like, it's it's really effective. So you can actually vape the same bowl at different temps. If it's a good vaporizer, you can vape it for the first time at a lower temp and then turn it up and turn it up and just see how you feel. And, like, take notes. I mean, there's a gold leaf journal that's actually tasting notes. Fucking awesome. I love using it. And just, like, yeah, jot down what you're experiencing. This is really neat. Yeah. I this geek uh, this kind of stuff geeks me out because the technology of cannabis has come so far. I will always want to go back to that color changing glass bowl, a pink bic lighter, never white because they're bad luck. Yep. And and yellow in some places. Okay, good to know. Mm-hmm. And like that will still always be the thing I want to pass around with the boys, but to know time time and temp for vaping for maximum efficiency also geeks me out. Yeah. It's cool. It is fucking cool. Yeah. It's cool. So the that's, future. It, it's the now. Yeah. I mean, it is the now, but it's it's the, it's the future in some places still. Like there are, the crazy thing is that, you know, we have access to this in so many legal places and then in other places, they just don't have access to this. So True like that. we got to continue to fight for everyone to be able to experience this because it's fucking healing and medicinal no matter how you use it. And you're also making me think about how... Um, some of this technology can be out of people's price range. So there would be a really cool playing field evening of, okay, big dream. Mm -hmm. Cannabis is legal across the country. Mm -hmm. And you could get, if you're a medical patient, you could get the vaporizing technology that allows you to vape at the time at the temperature that works for you medicinally and th- the technology that allows you to hit that temp is also affordable yeah how cool would that be that would be so cool right? and also there's going to be a time when i mean soon enough i think they're going to be able, able to actually map your endocannabinoid system and find out like in you what your cannabinoid receptors look like in your endocannabinoid system because everyone's are different everyone's different and everyone has a different tolerance and everyone has a different need for different like some people have a super high tolerance and eat a thousand milligram edible and still not feel affected whereas like i can eat 10 and feel completely like satisfied like i've hit my sweet spot so 
they'll be able to map my endocannabinoid system and see which receptors want what and what and be able to recommend a strain and be like oh you're actually you're like a sativa dominant hybrid would be best for and you. avoid these terps but embrace these other terps yep and then you know holy fuck and then they'll Mary be able Jane. to design different strains and different fucking extracts and different tinctures for your body specifically forget my bad minority report pitch <laughs> this <laughs> Is the new minority report. <laughs> Won't that be so neat? Like they can just, you know, just like you can go to what a, whatever those gross vitamin stores are where they spend, you know, people spend money on like insane stuff. I used to go to GNC all the time. GNC, that's yeah. what it's fucking called. Instead, you're going to be able to like go to THC. a- THC. Yo, the <laughs> weed lab. And uh-huh. they'll be like, oh, let's do a read on your endocannabinoid system. And then we'll recommend this thing and we'll put it together as a supplement for you. Do you want to vape it? Do you want to smoke it? Do you want to take it as a tincture? Maybe you want it as a fucking topical. Wow. And so then you'll get a list and say they do a cheek swab for it mm-hmm. and then they put you in and they map your whole cannabinoid system and then it's let's use motor breath yeah. while we're at it and be like um your endocannabinoid system works with motor breath here are the temperatures that will receive these um parts of motor breath the best so start with this temp go to this temp and then go to this temp and play around in that range and yep. you'll find your sweet spot yep Fuck, Fucking man. hell. Yeah, and you'll know that vaping it at this temp will give you a little more energy, and then vaping it at that temp will put you to bed. Ha-ha. <laughs> this is so Isn't neat. neat? It's really neat. I just felt like, who is it does, that does that laugh? Ha-ha. Ha-ha. I don't know. I just felt like really delighted by you do that fucking laugh. these findings. Yeah. So shout out Leafly, too, because they've just got such great information about all of the strains and stuff, and they've actually mapped a lot of the terps and cannabinoids. So go to leafly.com for more information about strains and, you know, great news, too. Fucking rad. Yeah. Is this a good point to finally do our butt of the week? Yes. It's the best it, point. It feels like the right it, place for the Sloppy Boys. It's perfect. Cool, because I love the Sloppy Boys so much. Uh, such a fun rock band. Our butt of the week this week at the Sloppy Boys. They just came out with a new album called Paradiso. Tim, Jeff, and Mike. If you know, do you know the Birthday Boys? They were a sketch group, and they ended up getting a TV show on IFC. One of the Birthday Boys is in the Doughboys, Mike Mitchell. Anyway, <laughs> the, the boys. Sloppy Boys, all the boys. <laughs> there's Doughboys, there's Sloppy Boys. And um, the Sloppy Boys, they they have a bunch of albums that are out, and their new one just dropped. And we listened to the whole album while cooking steaks. Uh-huh. And then we were like, we got to play. Have to. Have to, right? It's a must. So everybody needs to listen to this whole thing. <laughs> go listen to the Sloppy Boys. Follow them on Instagram at the Sloppy Boys. Paradiso is the new album. And to go out with this ep, we are going to play their song, The Masta Bong Ripa. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. So fucking great. Thank you guys for letting us drop that track. Love everything you do. 100%. And with that, uh, follow us at Weed and Grub. Go to our email, wg at weedandgrub.com. Give us five stars on iTunes. We've just gotten a bunch of new five-star reviews, and that goes a long way and feels really fucking good. It feels really fucking good. Send us your milestone. Yeah. And um, send me some whisk pics. It's been a while. I need some hot whisk pics from all you home chefs out there. All right. What's you your know. Instagram so people can slide in there with some whisks? Slide on into Weed and Grub. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Some big fat whisks? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, without further ado, to close us out, here is the Sloppy Boys from their new album, Paradiso, the Masta Bong Rapper. Boom!
I'll be totally wrecked. The master born the river. 